This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. I felt it expanded my worldview, um, and I just felt like the college years are where I really learned to think for myself. And um, we also talked a little bit about the, you know, many opportunities and programs at TCU. So I feel like beyond, you know, quality education, it was it was that kind of thing, and really the attitude that it taught me to sort of. Um, go for what I want, to, to try for things, and kind of put myself out there. There's the voice of Christy Grothheim, who just published her first major novel, The Year Marjorie Moore Learned to Live. Christy will share with us the road to becoming an author, as well as how she balanced her other career, a graphic designer. And we're excited to be joined today with renowned author Christy Grothheim. She just had a, a new book come out, and she'll tell us all about that. And thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I just feel so flattered and honored and, and excited to talk about TCU a little bit and reminisce about it. <laughs> Before we talk about uh, your time at TCU, let's go into a little bit about how you got to TCU and what kind of what made it stick out that made you want to be a Horn Frog originally. Yeah, and that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm from East Texas, from Longview, which is about two and a half hours east, but it's a you know very small town, small town mentality. But yeah, I visited a few schools, and um, some TCU just stuck out to me. Um, I spent a weekend there with an older student on campus, and um, just really had a, a feeling about it. I, I also loved Fort Worth. I really liked the city, the size of it, all it had to offer downtown. And um, I do remember getting a tour of the the art department and journalism school. And that made an impression on me. So it was just kind of a, an instinct, really. So once you get to TCU, did the, what you're hoping really live up to what your expectations were going in? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I had a, a great experience. Being from such a small town, um, you know, it was like a new world. Um, it was just the student body was very diverse, I felt. And, and I was meeting interesting people. Um, I stayed in the dorm the first couple of years, so uh, met a, met some friends there. And um, you know, I wasn't in uh, a sorority. I wasn't wasn't familiar with like the Greek life and everything. But I made my friends through. Well, I did enjoy their party, so <laughs> don't get me wrong. But um, you know, I met people at the dorm, and then later in the art department, um, found a really close network. So really, you know, fell into um, a tight group sort of sophomore year. But you know, from day one in the dorm. I always had a good time and just enjoyed the classes and exploring the city. So, yeah, it lived up to my expectations. <laughs> and I believe I saw you worked on TCU Image Magazine. Is that correct? It was the, uh, the Skiff a little bit. The Skiff newspaper. Yes. I, um, I remember selling ads. <laughs> that was kind of a part-time job. Um, and I don't think I really wrote articles for them. I did enjoy writing in my English classes back then and, and, and literature and everything. But um, I think I sold ads and had some friends, you know, at the SCIF, uh, just to earn extra money and, you know, got to lo- know local community and, um, and restaurants and everything that way. Um, While Christy planned to major in advertising and public relations upon first coming to TCU, it was an invitation from her RA that led her to change her major. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I actually changed my major after the first semester. I had gone in studying 
advertising and um, ad PR. So it was just in a different department. It was in the journalism department. And um, then I remember I had an RA, you know, the dorm monitors that was studying communication graphics. And so she invited me to her senior show. And when I saw it, I was just like, oh, wow, this is what I want to do. Like, I didn't even know they had a name for that kind of career, you know. Um, and so it was just much more, you know, art driven and hands on with a with background in fine art. And so that's really what I wanted to do. And I think I switched my major a week later and kept that ad PR as a minor since I already had a few, uh, you know, classes under my belt for it. And I saw in one of the articles that one of the projects they had you work on was working with students um, from university in Pueblo, Mexico. Uh, what do you do? You remember much about that experience and yes. what you got out of that? Yes, you're bringing back more memories than <laughs> than I was even thinking of. But yeah, the the department was so great at that time, and uh, just it was run by Margie Atkins, um, who's remarried, and her name is Margie Atkins West now. But they just ran such a fantastic program, and it was very competitive. And, you know, we can get to that later. But um, they had all of these, you know, um, um, partnerships. You know, I, I did study abroad, for, for example. That's another story. But they had the Puebla thing. They, you know, we went to Aspen. One time I won a, a prize to go to the uh, a conference in Aspen with, with the TCU group. But Puebla, yeah, we had students come up and spent a long weekend together, and we even hosted um, the students, whoever wanted to, in, in the apartments and everything. And it was just um, a wonderful weekend of, of bonding um, and, and meeting these people from from Mexico, which I already love Mexico. So, um, yeah, I do remember that weekend. I think we pulled all-nighters. We just worked all night long and, um, you know, did a joint project together. So it was really cool. After graduation... Christy stayed on her path to be a graphic designer, taking internships in Dallas before moving to New York. Well, um, I got a job. I had some good internships in Dallas and a couple, you know, a job in Dallas at design firms. So there was about, well, a great internship at Brainstorm um, in Dallas. And then you know, wound up at some high-end design firms in Dallas for a few years after that, before I moved to New York. So it was an easy, um, an easy transition, really. I mean, the market, I think, was pretty good at that time. Not that early, not that startup design, as a young designer, you don't make much money, but you can move up very quickly. And so it, it went just, just fine. And I enjoyed living in Dallas. And of course, they have a, um, a great design and an advertising community, out, you know, out there with so many great agencies to, to um, choose from. And as a graphic designer, how have you seen that field really change from, you know, with the technology and, and what you learned in college to the way that technology is now? Yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. Um, I mean, we had such a, you know, learned such great skills and I came in at a, at a great time, I think, because it was right when we were, we learned computers, but not until junior year, we were forced to do everything by hand, maybe even until senior year, where, like I said, we had these great core curriculum classes of all the fine arts, you know, painting, life studies, um, intro to sculpture, all these things we had to take. And, um, you know, the foundation was really about the design itself and the skill of it, not about the tool of the computer. You know, we were we learned that last, just as I said, as a, as a tool that was, was needed to move forward. But I, I loved having all of that uh, fine art background. So, yeah, it's changed a lot. And I've been freelancing now for, um, I guess, about 18 years here in New York. 
Um, so, you know, you see more people wanting to do things themselves. You see that people are more rushed. They're, you know, in a hurry. They want it whipped out because they feel um, maybe they're a little bit familiar with the programs and they're more controlling. So it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, I still think it's a good skill to have. And, you know, having that background and the, the, the actual visual design skills and the conceptual skills brings a lot to the table. So it's still really, I find, in high demand. And it's a career and a skill that's, you know, kept me busy more or less all of these years. So, um, you know, I appreciate, um, you know, studying it. And it is a little frustration to watch, frustrating to watch it change. And the reason that you've become uh, prominent lately is for a different career as an author. So how did you get into that? Well, um, like I said, I always loved, you know, writing and reading. Um, I've been an avid reader my whole life. And, you know, I was kind of torn on what I wanted to study. For When I was a child, I always thought I was going to be a high school English teacher. So I always had that passion equally with, with sort of arts, you know, fine arts and design. Um, so, you know, I just took the design road. But um, about 10 years ago, I just allowed myself to start writing. I um, was was started with creative nonfiction and humorous personal essays kind of in the David Sedaris um, genre. And just because I found that more approachable to just sort of start with, with myself and anecdotes and stories. And I just found that I really enjoyed it, you know, passionately. And so I was doing it on the side for years. And I mean, I still am, but, um, you know, I managed to get published and took a couple of classes at the new school here in New York, some excellent creative writing classes, as well as workshops at the 92nd street Y here. And so I just, um, you know, continued down that road and then got into fiction about five years ago. I, um, I, I mean, I could go on and on about this, but yeah, at first I was kind of afraid of fiction, sort of, um, I don't, I don't know why, but just terrified of trying it. But then when I finally took a class, I fell in love with it because it just opened up things creatively where I was no longer limited to just my life experiences, you know, which I had been writing about the, the previous five years. So maybe I had kind of covered all of that and, um, and um, just enjoyed being able to um, explore and create new worlds and just took it from there. Mm. I started, you know, in that workshop and worked on a couple of short stories and then worked on this novel. Then I sort of switched back to graphic design for a year and a half, just thinking of, oh, you know, I need to pay the bills and it, uh, it's just an easier way to do that. Um, but then I, about a few years ago, I, I got back into it and, and wanted to pursue, you know, what I had started and worked hardcore on it for about a year, year and a half, and then, you know, signed the book deal and that process takes some time. So that was a year and a half ago. So that's been the, the trajectory. And what was the inspiration for this book? Um, it, it really, it started as a short story and it was just, um, a character, a flawed protagonist, actually, that just really came alive in my mind. Someone who's sort of never satisfied. She's just always searching elsewhere and um, a perpetual seeker who's not really satisfied with her own life and or very present in it. So um, this this woman sort of escapes through pill popping and obsessive shopping, which leads to massive debt. And um, she also is fantasizing about an affair. So it kind of her world just sort of spirals. And it's satirical in a way that is exaggerated to prove a point and, you know, hopefully make us take a, a look at ourselves 
and what we value. So really, it was, the, it was inspired by the character that was kind of clear in my mind. And then she was really well received by the class. Everyone just grew so animated in, in talking about it. And um, their um, excitement, you know, drove me forward. And in fact, she was she was voted <laughs> or it was voted best short story where where I you know performed a reading and stuff like that. But, yeah, it was really how she was rece- received. So the short story and the plot changed um, dramatically, but the character was there in my mind. And I just you know kept developing her further and further just because, you know, I guess I was inspired by meeting so many people like that in my life where, you know, it's just sort of their mindset or outlook that's just um, a little unhealthy, you know. So the now you've gotten to get used to the life of, of an author, a published author, and I see that you have book signings coming up. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, well, I've gotten used to it real, really quickly in the last month, I would say. Um yeah, I had my launch um, a few weeks ago, and um, I had a reading last night at a literary salon, and I have a, an event that I'm very excited about with my, my mentor, Madge McKeithen, a really um, respected author here in the city. Um, so it's just been really busy. It's It's been a whirlwind, and it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> and so do you see further uh, books spinning off of this, or do you plan to create a new book uh, entirely, or, or where do you think this uh, experience is going to lead you in the future? Yeah, I am actually deep into my second novel, and it's very different. It's, it's darker, and it's just, you know, something completely new that I started last year. So um, it's, it's called um, A Ballad in Cobalt Blue. Um, so, yeah, I, I just want to continue with it. I mean, it's, it's kind of like people who run a marathon and they say they're just going to run one and then they just get addicted to it and run a bunch. <laughs> I mean, that would that would never happen to me. And I never, also never said I was just going to write one. But that's just how I, I feel. I just enjoy the process of writing so much and then publishing and, and getting out into the world and seeing what people are taking away from it. So, yeah, I, I started last year. And that's really was a very nice distraction from all the intensity of the production and the publicity and marketing and everything that's, that's happened. So just to sort of juxtapose those two things. And I'm has, sure has, that there's a lot of alumni out there who are also trying to be published authors and, and trying to figure out the best way to break through with all the competition in that field. What advice do you have to someone that has maybe thought about it for years or tried for years, maybe not had the success that they wanted and they're just, you know, they're like, oh, maybe I should just give up the dream and, and they just don't quite know how to go forward. What advice would you give to that person? Yeah, um, that's a hard question, but I guess I would, you know, it would say, you know, allow yourself or dedicate the time to, um, to give, you know, give yourself time to write and work hard on it. I mean, it takes uh, a lot of dedication and persistence, definitely. And um, another thing that I really enjoy is, is the workshops that I've mentioned or class, you know, take a class because that's going to give you, you know, uh, deadlines to meet and you're going to be forced to share your work, which I find hugely important. And um, both of these novels, I've had different forms of workshops where, you know, maybe a few chapters at a time or when the book is finished, when your draft is finished, you know, getting it out there and sharing it with other writers and getting feedback and critiquing others because you, you learn a lot by critiquing others. So I've just, you know, enjoyed all these larger workshops in class form. And then I always have a private um, writer's group that's much more small and intimate of about, you know, 
three or four people that's just people whose writing you respect and you, you trust each other. Um, so I guess that's my advice. It's, it's working hard at pushing to a finish line and then, you know, sharing it along the way when, when one is ready. <laughs> and because that can lead to making the strongest work to, to try to query and get an agent and, um, you know, move forward. It just helps to complete something when you, you have those deadlines and, and a sense of, um, re, you know, responsibility to other people. And now that you've become an author and you're uh, in the full field of this, do you still plan on balancing that and graphic design at the same time? Yeah, I do. I do, especially especially for now. Um, I Luckily, being a freelancer, you can sort of um, – you know, control how much work you take on. So this last month, for example, has been more busy than I've ever imagined. And I just have my hands full, but, um, but I like, I like juggling it that way because I can take projects when I need to and just go into that different headspace. And I still enjoy graphic design, you know, very much. It's, um, you know, creative and it's similar. And I like to, you know, work those muscles too. Um, So it it is a challenge to balance, but it's, it's very doable if I just, you know, one headspace or the other. So, yeah, I plan to, to keep doing that. And um, you grew up in Texas, went to school at, at TCU, and now you live in New York. So how has that adjustment been for you? Oh, um, it's it's been great. I mean, I've been out here almost 19 years. So I moved when I was 27 after working in Dallas for those few years that we talked about. And, you know, that's another thing about TCU. I did study abroad in London my junior year. It was through associated with Syracuse University, but um, um, yeah, they had a partnership. So just being in London also, you know, opened up my mind and the world. And I just had the most wonderful experience out there. And so in a way that started my trajectory. I mean, I already knew that I loved big cities before I moved to New York. I mean, I had visited, but it was sort of a leap of faith, but just knowing the, the hustle and bustle, the, the street life. Um, so that was another thing that I really enjoyed about TCU. And, you know, just being from that small town, it, I really enjoyed not only the classes, the professors, but um, just my whole worldview was opened up. Even though, like I said, it wasn't really a far distance, but the fact that, you know, I was meeting people from all over the world and all these programs that were in place. So it was just really important to me. And so, Christy, given all the success you've had as an author, um, your freelance design, thinking back to TCU, how do you believe your time at TCU has gotten you to where you are today? Well, um, that's a good question and a hard one. I mean, I, I mentioned early on that it, I felt it expanded my worldview, um, and I just felt like the college years are where I really learned to think for myself. And um, we also talked a little bit about the, you know, many opportunities and programs at TCU. So I feel like beyond, you know, quality education, it was it was that kind of thing, and really the attitude that it taught me to sort of um, go for what I want, to to try for things, and kind of put myself out there. You know, um, in thinking about a couple of the programs we mentioned, there was the program with Puebla, Mexico, and um, they selected about eight or ten students out of the class. So I tried for that and, and made it into that program. But something that I always comes to mind that I think about a lot was um, something I mentioned that D. Well, it was the Aspen um, conference at, for DSBC. So that was another award that was given out only for two people in the um, entire program. 
And so it was pretty competitive, you know. Um, it was very competitive back then. And um, I was a junior, so I was thinking, you know, I'm not really gonna, sure I'm going to try out at all. Um, I was too, felt I was too busy with deadlines and that it would probably go to seniors and it just, you know, that I wouldn't have a shot at it. Um, but I remember the night before, you know, I was thinking about it and I changed my mind and I stayed up all night working on my portfolio um, and submitted it at the very last minute, you know, the final hour, nine o'clock the next morning. And um, that year, actually, they selected three, three designers and I was one of them. They selected three juniors, you know, uh, shocking and exciting. And, you know, I always think about that because I, I barely even applied. And, and so it's kind of taught me not to limit yourself. You know, it's like uh, art and writing, it's so subjective. So why judge yourself? You know, you let someone else do that, and you can't really win something if you're not in it in the first place. <laughs> so, um, and I, there were other things like that, too, with the internship I had at one of the hottest agencies in um, Dallas that I was, you know, I wanted to apply an interview, but I really didn't think I'd get it, but I did. And especially for writing, like all these years later, I realized that, um, well, you know, as a writer, you get a lot of rejection, just a ton of it. And I even read recently that, you know, I don't know where they got these statistics, but, you know, you'll get rejected for 90% of the stuff you, you try for as a writer or maybe even, you know, in life. But I was just thinking to myself, you know, that 10%, people that aren't trying aren't even getting that 10%. And those those add up to a lot of accomplishments over the years, <laughs> you know, that you wouldn't have if you didn't put yourself out there. So I just felt like it was my um, my time at TCU that, um, you know, contributed to that because it was more of like an attitude and a way of thinking to um, a mindset that, that I really has served me well. And, you know, I've um, thought back to those days that got me sort of on that trajectory as far as that way of thinking. <laughs> so, well, that's that certainly sounds like it, it's helped you not only in your design career, but also now as becoming a well-known author. So I'm glad that TCU could provide that for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think back to that time and now this, this conversation and connecting with you uh, has made me pretty much plan on taking a, a trip to Fort Worth over the Christmas holidays with my husband again. He's been there like twice, at least once, maybe twice. And it seems like uh, it would be a lot of fun to, to go out there again. Well, the campus has changed a lot since you were a student. In fact, it's changed that someone even graduated two years ago. They probably wouldn't recognize yeah. some of the things that are going on on campus. Yeah, I did drive around. It was probably about seven years ago with my husband. We drove around the campus. Um, I took him to some of my favorite spots like the Water Gardens and um, the downtown Sundance Square and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be probably shocked at how much has changed even since then. And uh, as we wrap up, why don't you tell people where they can find out more about your book and how they can follow uh, when the when the next novel will come out? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, the first book, The Year Marjorie Moore Learned to Live, that is available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And that's probably the best way to get it. It's at local bookstores here in New York, but it's not. It's I'm with a smaller um, independent press, and so it's not in every bookstore. So it's just fine to order it on Amazon or or um, Barnes and Noble. And I have a website, ChristyGrothine.com, that really gives them more of an, an overview of the book. Um, and I'm also pretty active on social media. Instagram is C at C Grothine, so that's my last name. G-R-O-T-H-E-I-M. And I'm on Twitter at Christy Grothheim. And 
Facebook, I have an author page as well that that um, Christy Grothheim author. This has just been uh, fantastic, and we all look forward to to buying this book, reading this book, and and buying the next one when it comes out. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate it. You know, it's set. The, the book is set in the suburb of a suburb, a made up suburb called uh, Prairie Mound, and um, so you know, I, I think Texas audiences will hopefully really appreciate it because I certainly had fun describing that um, the landscape and um, the, the smells and sounds from my childhood, um, even though. East Texas, you know, north of Dallas, just all of those memories. So um, I really hope it resonates with the Texas audience. And I have a, a ton of support from, from Longview and high school friends that's, um, that's really exciting to, to see and that I really appreciate. Well, this has been fantastic, and thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Thank you to KTCU and co-manager Jeff Craig for their editing of this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member would like to get in touch with us to share your story, please contact us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward to sharing our next story of how TCU Alumni are changing the world.